Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Also tonight, if you got your Bibles, let's get them out and get right into the Word of God. How many of you remember what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago? We've been in a series called The Power of Words. We're going to take a little bit of a different direction tonight. I've been wanting to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight ever since we started nine weeks ago. And so I just felt like while I was on vacation, as I was listening some, to some teachings, I decided that we're going to shift gears. You guys ready for that? Sure. All right, let's do it. So get your Bibles out. Go ahead and open up to Mark, the 11th chapter, verse 23. Jesus speaking in explanation of what he did to that fig tree. And let's go ahead and trust and believe God. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. First and foremost, we believe the Bible is you speaking to us in real time. I thank you that those words have a, are infused and, and have your very life inside of them. And so we're not just simply getting information. As we hear and we believe and we apply the word of God, we thank you that your very everlasting life is quickening us, empowering us, and bringing to pass that which you've already promised us through the word of God. So we say we have listening ears. I say, Lord, that you'll use my tongue as a pen, as a ready writer, that you'll speak through this clay to, to us, your people, and we will be encouraged, we will be strengthened, our faith will grow, and we will be blessed in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about the power of words. The power of words. And when we say that, we're, we're talking about that God has given you and I the ability that, that with the words that he'll show us to speak, those words that are saying what he says, have the very virtue and the power to create themselves, just, just like a seed. I think seeds are a fascinating part of God's creation because in a seed is everything necessary to recreate itself. And, and it just, it's just fascinating to me. You can put a seed on the shelf for years and years and years and finally take it out of that container and just get it germinated with a little bit of water and put it in the ground. And that very seed that had been lying dormant for years will recreate itself. Well, that seed has power. That seed has the power to create. It's all within it. And so is the Word of God. 
And when we get the word of God inside of us, and we begin to speak that word, we now release that creativity that's in that word to reproduce itself. Now, Jesus said over here in Mark eleven twenty three, at the very end of that verse, he says that you shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have what he saith. Well, what's Jesus saying? He says that your words can create. And when it says you'll have what you say, he's implying that you're creating what you're saying. We've got to, we, we need to embrace that truth. Instead of using our words against us, we need to use our words for us. And, and instead of using our words to create that which is a hindrance, we can use our words to create that which is good, that which blesses. And so, just like Jesus said, with our words we can create, that's what we've been looking at. And we're looking at a little different angle tonight. We're going to start looking at a, a biblical principle that most believers struggle with. What do you mean by that? I mean that God has shown us a means to use our words to create his blessings in our life, but this process is difficult on our mind. It, it contradicts our senses. Many times it violates our feelings. And to be involved in this, this process, you've got to trust in what he's revealed in his word and embrace it to the degree that you, be, you become oblivious or not willing to be moved by what you see and what you feel and what you've experienced for maybe the last 20 years, believing that you're now going to have something different. Now, understand that this biblical principle, if you want to give it a name, we could call this calling those things that be not as though they were. So to coin a, a, a biblical term to what we're going to talk about tonight is calling those things that be not as though they were. Now, this is a principle that God used to create the world. A world by, by what we have heard is still expanding. It's still being created. It's never stopped being created. We see this, this principle being utilized in Hebrews 11, verse 3. Jesus used this principle calling those things that be not as though they were, all his earthly ministry. It's so fascinating to me that, that people read the, the, the transcripts of what Jesus did in his earthly ministry, and they really don't know how he did it. They, they just get these religious ideas and say, well, he did that because he was God. He did that to prove and to demonstrate that he was God. He did that because he's different than we are. And, and yet he said, with his own breath, he said, Jesus said that you'll do the same works that I did. Well, I'm not God. 
and by <laughs> you realize you're not God. So if he did what he did by being God, then he was wrong for telling us to do the things that he did. Did I say that right? You're kind of looking at me like a cow in a new gate. Jesus, as a, he appointed us to be representatives of him. And he gave us the, the wares, the tools, the principles, the power to do as he did. And so Jesus used this principle of calling those things that be not as they were to do many of the miracles that he did on the earth. You can see one of those in Luke chapter 13, verse 12. And then this man named Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham, God taught him to use this principle of calling those things that be not as though they were to create God's plan and purpose for Abraham, of which you and I are direct recipients of. So if Abraham didn't get a hold of this principle, you and I wouldn't have what he created by calling those things that be not as though they were. So let's, let's get into this. Go on over to Romans chapter 4. Let's talk about how God taught Abraham about calling those things that be not as though they were. So here in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it begins from the King James as saying, as it is written. And so... Paul, who we believe wrote this book to the church, which, is at, which was at Rome, Paul took a verse of scripture from Genesis, Genesis chapter 17, and he's bringing it here to you and I into the New Testament, into the new relationship we have with God. So he's about to bring that which was said into the now, making it relevant to you and I. As it is written, I have made thee. Now, this is God speaking. God said to Abram, I have made thee a father of what? Many nations. Now, think about this. He's talking to Abram, who is fatherless. He's talking to Abram, whose wife was barren. He's talking to Abram that has no way of multiplying in terms of creating human beings through birth. And yet God says, I have made you a father. Did you notice it didn't say, I'm going to? Now this is... I'm, I'm talking way before myself here, but you and I have got to get a hold of how to recognize when our words have the ability to create. The tense in which we speak means everything. 
faith is always now. Faith is always present tense or past tense. Notice in this verse that he said to Abram, I have made thee. He didn't say, I'm going to make you. He didn't say, someday this is going to happen, maybe. No, he was speaking in a past tense reality concerning Abram, and he said he was a father. And this is when he was still fatherless. Without the ability to create a child much less his wife, which was barren. So this is what God spoke over him. I've made you a father of many nations. Notice that as we just said, that God spoke in the past tense. Why would God do that? Why would he say that what Abram was and could do was already who he was when there was no evidence that he was physically and naturally speaking he spoke to Abram in a past tense therefore because he did that in the eyes of God he saw what he said already as a reality This is part of the problem we have in embracing this truth. This is why many believers have a difficult time in embracing this. Because God is expecting us to say from our heart, through our mouth, what God has already provided while we aren't having it right there in that moment. And that's hard on our senses. That's hard on our intellect. That's hard when we're living out of our, the human part of our being. Yet, when God spoke it as being done, at the very moment he said that he was the father of many nations, both Abram and Sarai, were childless and without. So I got a question. Why would God say something was a reality when everyone else could see that it wasn't? Why would he do that? Well, maybe he's old and he's, you know, he's, maybe he's getting a little senile. You know, he's been around now forever. You know, maybe he slipped there. No, he was operating in a biblical principle that he has laid down for you and I to walk in, for you and I to utilize, for his son to utilize in his earthly ministry. So I got to say this for the third or fourth time. What we're talking about tonight is a sound biblical principle. Amen.
Well, why did he call something a reality when, naturally speaking, it wasn't? Well, let's, let's go back to that same verse. We, we began reading in verse 17 how God said to Abram, I have made thee a father of many nations. Why did he say that? Why did he say that was a reality? Well, as we continue to read in verse 17, it says, before him, meaning that God was before Abram, in whom Abraham believed, now it begins to describe God, even God who does what? Quickens or makes alive or resurrects the dead. God does what? He resurrects the dead. And he does what? God calleth those things which be not as though they were. Understand that one of the attributes of God and how he operates and how he performs and brings to pass his will, his desires. He does it by calling those things that be not as though they were. So he had chosen, he had chosen Abram to be his covenant man. Why did he chose or choose Abram? The Bible says it's because Abram believed in God. And with that, they entered into a covenant where they shared alike with one another. Whatever mine is now yours, and whatever is yours is now mine. And so now God had a man on the earth in which he could work through. And that set us up for bringing Jesus to the earth to be God in flesh. Now look here. What does it mean to call those things that be not as though they were? That, that sounds foreign to me. I'm calling those things that be not as though they, What's that mean? I got three other translations that may help us here. Here from the, the NIV, it says that God calls into being things that were not. God calls into being things which were not. So when he's calling those things that be not as though they were, this is part of his creative process. To take that which is not seen, because it's not created yet, and create it so it can be seen. You got that? From the uh, English Standard Version, it says that God calls into existence the things that do not exist. So what, what was it about <coughs> Abram, excuse me, <coughs> what was it about Abram that God needed to change? What did he need to create? Well, the fact that he couldn't 
create a family. The first time that God met Abram, he was 75 years old. And that's, where, that's when he spoke over him and called him the father of many nations. So why did he call him a father when he was no longer had the ability to be a father? Because that's what God needed to create in him to fulfill what Abram would do in terms of the plan of God. So he's calling him a father when he wasn't a father in order to create him to become a father. That make any sense to you? Listen to this version. God calls into being what doesn't yet exist. Now, you, you know the, the creation testimony. The Bible talks there in, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It talks about how God looked at the state of his creation. And the Bible says that it was void. And that it was, that it was dark. And that the earth was covered with water. So God saw that which was void. He saw that which was dark. He saw that which was underwater. And he said what? Light be. You notice he didn't say what he saw. He didn't say what he felt. He didn't say what historically happens when you see these things being void, dark, and underwater. No, he said what he desired it to be. He said what he wanted to create. So what did he say? Light be. Or light be created. He called those things that be not as though they were. I want you to look at this, this, this statement again from Romans 4.17. I want to add a word to this verse of Scripture to maybe give it a little bit more understanding and more relevance to you and I. Now, we've been saying that God calls those things that be not as though they were. But let's add one word two times to this verse. God calls those things which be not manifested as though they were manifested. Now, this manifested is talking about what he desires to create. Let's say, let's just make this re more relevant to you and I. Let's say I go to the doctor and the doctor says, you're sick.
And medically speaking, scientifically speaking, based on what I can see, what I can feel, that's true. Right? I'm sick. So I want to change that into health. So I got to call that which be not as though it were. I got to call that healing that has not yet manifested to manifest. Right? So I, if I'm going to call myself, if I'm going to call those things that be not, then I'm going to call myself what? Healthy. Did you get that? Now you understand that what we're calling ourselves that's contradicting what we currently have is something that is already provided for us through what Jesus provided. We know that healing for our body has been provided for Jesus so we can call healing to ourselves in the midst of being sick. And so when I call myself healed, what am I doing? Healing, I'm calling you. I'm, I'm calling you. Come here. And guess what? Healing comes to me. I call those things that be not yet manifested as though they were manifested. So I call myself healed just as if I was healed. Now see, that's something that is kind of a hurdle for us. And you, and you certainly don't want to tell people around you what you're doing because they're going to go, okay. Right? I see the symptoms on you. I see, I see you doing this. I see you doing that. You look pale. Why are you calling yourself healed? Because I'm using God's biblical principle to create in my life. I'm not doing it to impress you. I'm not doing it to confuse you. In fact, I'm sorry that you heard me call myself healed. Because really, that's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my body. And just like God was talking to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. He was calling that in order to create it into his life. So God called Abram what he wanted to be manifested in Abram. D did you hear me? God called Abram what he wanted manifested for Abram. He didn't call what was already manifesting. He called what he desired to be manifested. instead of calling him what was already being manifested in Abram. Just chew on that for a little bit. Now, To repeat ourselves, how does God call things into existence that don't already exist? Well, as we read in Romans 
He did it by what he called Abram. He didn't call, call him old and wore out. He didn't call him, you can't have kids anymore. He didn't call him of not being able to be a father. He didn't call him by what the current circumstances were and what the current state of mind would be about having a 75-year-old man be a daddy whose wife never had a baby. She was barren. But he knew if he would call them, call him that, he would create that in him. So he called him the father of many nations. And by calling him the father of many nations before he was the father of many nations, what he called him created the reality of him to become the father of many nations. See, you and I have to begin calling those things which be not those things which have not yet manifested as if they are manifested. Now, is it the will of God for us to have an overflowing supply? You got scripture for that? You better have 10, right? And you do. So what should I say about my money situation? Now, if I'm going to act like God... He tells me to imitate him as a dear father, right? What am I going to call this? Now, right now, we could call it, uh, you know, six singles. But you know, through the eyes of God's promise, this doesn't have just six $1 bills in it. I'm going to call it a full supply. I'm going to call it good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm going to call it all the bills are paid. And that all grace is abounding towards me, that I always have all sufficiency in all things, and I abound to every good work. And I have to say that and believe what I'm saying is coming to pass while I still only have six singles in my wallet. And that's the challenge. And that's why there aren't many believers that get to a place where they have the promise of God because they can't see past what they see and what they're experiencing to call those things that be not as though they were. All right? So by God calling Abram the father of many nations before he was a father, He called him what he desired for him or what the promise was for him and therefore created the reality of it in him. Now, something very important for you and I to see. I think we've got time to get it. You ready for it? You want something good? When we begin talking about this, And we hear how God spoke over Abram. 
Many times we, we can't relate to that. Well, you know, that worked for Abram because, you know, he was, he was God's chosen. So God, you know, was kind of preferring him and God worked with him. And so Abram, he had it pretty easy. He, he, he was one that was called by God. He, he's the one that believed in God. He, he's the one that, in which you and I would be the seed of. We're the many nations that God called him to be. So you know, that doesn't really relate to me. Well, I want you to consider this. Now, when God first came upon Abram, it's over in Genesis chapter 12. You don't, you don't need to go there. You can make a reference of it if you want. And this is when Abram was 75 years old. And God told him that he was the father of many nations at 75 years old. Yet, for the next 24 years, At the time that we find the recording in Genesis chapter 17, God comes and begins talking to Abram, and it's been how many years? Oh, you didn't hear how many years? 24 years. He was 75 when God said he was the father of many nations. 24 years later, he's 99 years old. And guess what? He's still not a daddy. His wife is still barren. Well, now they tried to do it on their own, you know, by hooking up with the maid, but that didn't work out so well. They tried to get the promise through natural means. But God promised that Abram would be the daddy and Sarai would be the mother. So 24 years, this God calling those things that be not as though they were hadn't made any difference in the life of Abram. See, people get this idea that if God wants to do something in somebody's life, well, then he's just going to do it. And he's just going to get it done. But that's not biblical. Or else... Abram would have been a daddy when he was 76 years old. Right? If it was just up to God. See, here's, the, here's what we have to embrace. God needs agreement with what he calls those things to be. Those promises that he's already given us. Those things that are already a reality through the Lord Jesus Christ. He can't just bestow them upon us without our agreement. He can't just call those things that be not in the life of Bruce and have them created in my life. Or else the whole world right now would be saved. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So here is Abram. Even though God's word was spoken over him, even though God 
made him the father of many nations. He was still not a father after 24 years. I wrote down two statements about this. Many believers know what God's word says. Many believers can quote what God says. Yet many believers don't know how to bring that word of God to pass in their personal life. Do you believe in healing? Yeah, by his stripes I was healed. Are you healed? Well, no. So you and I can know the promise. You and I can know what God says. But just like Abram, there's a difference between knowing what he said and having what he said. And Abram is in this, was in the same boat that many of us are in. Knowing and believing, but not having. Another statement. Many people know what God's word says, yet many believers don't know the importance of putting God's word in their mouth to agree with what God says. Did you see that? You see, the, a promise of God that is freely given to you and I, as far as God is concerned, it's a reality. Your salvation was purchased for you 2,000 years ago. And as far as God was concerned, he did everything necessary for you to be saved. But what had to happen? We had to agree with that for it to become ours. So we put God's word in our mouth, confessed the lordship of Jesus over our life, agreed what he said, and our confession was made unto salvation. We came in agreement with what he said by faith, and it was created. When we were saved, we called those things that be not as though they were. We called ourselves saved before we were, when we called upon his name. When I called upon the name of the Lord, I was still unsaved. So I was calling on that which I wasn't. And when I did that, it made me what he made me to be. Is anybody's boat floating yet? I mean, are, are, are you listening to me tonight? Are you hearing this? I, I know that you've heard this before. I know that I've heard it before. But you know, the thing is, am I really utilizing it like I can? Or am I still talking about my situation the way it looks and feels? Or if I stood up and said, no, I'm going to say what God says about me. Amen. Amen. Now check this out. So God's got a problem. <laughs> God's, God's got a situation. He's got this man named Abram. And he ain't getting it. 
He's been around for 24 years. He knows what my promise is for him. He, know what, he knows what I provided for him. He knows what's available to him, but he ain't got it. So God's going, how can I fix this? Maybe that's how he's going to fix me. So we're just about there. You ready? Go on over to Genesis, first book of the Bible. Go to chapter 17. We're down to just a couple more minutes. You still hanging in there with me? How did God help Abram to receive the promise, to receive what God called him to be? Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. So this is 24 years later. And it says in verse 1 that Abram was how old? 90 years old and 9. So he's 99. So if it was true when he was 75 that he couldn't have a baby, how many of you know it's really true now that he's 99? Nothing good, naturally speaking, has taken place, right? The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I'll make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. He's still not a daddy. But he's saying he's going to multiply his seed exceedingly. Abram fell on his face. And God talked with him, saying, As for me, so he's, he's about to tell Abram the same thing he told him 24 years ago. Nothing's changed. God's the same. He changes not. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And he hasn't given up on Abram any more than he's given up on you and I. Because he's faithful. He says, thou shall be a father of many nations. But how's he going to pull it off? Verse 5. This is huge. Neither shall your name be any more Abram. So for the last 24 years, this God was talking to Abram, but now he's changing his name. He says, your name shall be Abraham. Well, why is he going to change his name to Abraham? For you are a father. At 99 years old, you're a father. And Sarah, being barren and never having the ability to conceive, you shall be a father of many nations. For a father of many nations I have made thee. Now, why did God change his name? Because the name Abraham means father of nations. It means father of a multitude. So God changed his name to Abraham. That means that every time someone saw Abraham said, Hi, Abraham! 
they were really saying, Hi, Father of many nations! And every time Abraham saw, heard someone call him Abraham, he's thinking, I'm the father of many nations. This forced Abraham and all the people that knew him to call things that be not yet manifested as if they were manifested. They were calling him what the promise of God was. They didn't say, hey, fatherless. No, they said, hey, father of many nations. That's why I call my body healed. I call it according to God's promise, as though it was healed. Meaning I look not at the things which are seen, but those things which are not seen. For those things which are seen are temporary, but the, that which is unseen is eternal. I call it by that which is the, the eternal condition. Yeah, I got a full supply. I don't think about those six singles in there. That's irrelevant. That means nothing. That's temporary. And it's going away. I got more than enough. I got an overflowing supply. And I'm not dreaming. I'm just saying what God says about me. Amen. Right? See, it does no good just to say something that God doesn't say. There's no help from him in that. But I'm saying what he says. He calls me healthy. He calls me the one with a full overflowing supply. For my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? Amen? And so I stand up at the way things feel. I stand up against how it seems. I stand up against what my reasoning on my mind says. Well, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? How are you going to get it? Hey, that's not my business. I just do the believing. He does the getting. That's not in my job description to do the getting. I just believe and put in my mouth the words that he speaks and I let my words call those things that be not as though they were. And what I speak out, what I'm calling for, comes. So by changing Abraham's name, it forced Abraham and all that knew him to call, to have them all call those things that be not as though they were. They began to implement the biblical principle God used to create the world. And guess what? In less than a year, some say nine months later, some say maybe a year later, guess what? Sarai, whose name was also changed to Sarah, conceived a child, as we know, as Isaac. And because he called those things that be not as though they were, God's promise was made manifest in him, and now the blessing of Abraham is now yours and mine because we are his seed. Amen? 
So, Father, I want to thank you tonight for this biblical principle. I know we've all heard this before. I know we can even quote scriptures about this subject matter. But you know, just because we know what the Word says, just because we can quote what the Word says, it's still up to us to put that Word in our mouth and use it in contrast to anything that denies that we have what it says. And as we call those things that be not yet manifested, then we will have that which we say and it shall create it for us with the faith that you've placed within our heart. So Lord, I choose to call those things that be not as though they were manifested and rejoice and be glad and not moved by things not going the way that I think they should go. No, I just need to correct my mouth. I just got to put your words in my mouth. I just got to start talking about me like you talk about me, like you talked about Abraham. And that's when your creative power begins to produce your will, plan, and purpose in my life and will enable me to walk in the blessings of God. In Jesus' name, amen. That's kind of interesting. He got his whole life turned around in less than one year. I bet I can do that too. Same God, same promises, same heart, same mouth, same faith. Somebody should be running right now instead of sitting there going, huh? <laughs> Thanks for coming out, guys. You are a blessing. I love you. My wife loves you. You're the best. See you next time.